So um, just we had a little technical difficulties right there. So <laughs> the last thing I was saying was um, we are going to pretty much base this show off of uh, the first take show. So it's going to be take out the take. The only difference is we're going to talk about everything. Um, and uh, once again, just in case it gets cut off, uh, my co-host is from the world-renowned known Blue Capital uh, podcast. But we're going to, Michael, you there? Are you, yeah, are man. You okay, good. You were frozen. You did a good job. Good. You were like this. This was Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, though, was um, uh, the Cleveland Browns, actually. And... The question I have, right, is how do you feel about Baker Mayfield and do you think Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the future with the Cleveland? All right. Great, great question because I was one when they brought in all this talent. They brought in OBJ. They added in Landry. They added in Kareem Hunt, who has a, a course of trouble pass, but they gave him a chance. You know what I mean? Their defense yeah. was up and coming. I said it, uh, not last season, but the season before, that the, the Browns are headed to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I yeah. thought it was going to be year two, which was this season. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they made it to the playoffs. What can I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. And I they mean, beat they the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Steelers, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, but do I think – so, I'm not a fan of – personally, I'm not a fan of Oklahoma quarterbacks. Oh, um, <laughs> the reason The reason being is because if you look at the, the history – just over the past, let's say, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. You had people like uh, Sam, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Bradford come out. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, you got Jalen Hurts who transferred there mm-hmm. and who's now, who's now in the NFL. But what about and, Kyler, bro? Huh? Kyler. Kyler. We'll, talk, we'll talk about Kyler in a second because <laughs> I'm one of the guys that's like, man. So here's the thing. It goes into the same thing. I put Kyler Murray and I put Baker Mayfield in the same in the same bucket. Right. I don't think that they have the skill level to become a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, but they do have enough mental IQ to okay. be able to do well. Kyler Murray is going to get it done with his legs more than he is his arm. Now his arm is very strong, but he is inaccurate and his height is going to kill him in this league. Ooh. Okay. Now they said Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are also kind of in that boat, but he's still smaller than both of those guys. That's facts. I was, I was about to bring up the whole Russell Wilson because he's there. I think I believe um, Russell is five eleven, and Kyler is like five ten and a quarter or something like that. Yep. They actually listed him <laughs> his rookie year out here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. They actually listed him in the in the newspapers at five nine. Oh, you know, the thing, <laughs> I think that had, that had to have been a misprint if you ask me. <laughs> well, at the combine, I, I do. I don't know if it was at the combine or the pro day is pro day. I don't think he did the combine. Right. right. Um, um, I believe he measured in at his pro day at five and five, 10 and a quarter. And they were actually hoping that was going to be the case because I think that's where Russell Wilson's true height is somewhere in that in that equation and they give him the 511. Um yeah. Mark, I'm 5'11 and I have uh stood next to uh, Russell, but he didn't know I was standing next to him. I didn't say hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think we're about the same height. I, I think uh we're the same height. Uh I might be a little bit taller. He has better hair than I do. Um <laughs> so you being you being the height of Russell Wilson, I'm the same height then as Kyler Murray. I'm five ten. Okay. So, okay. The, I mean, the, the difference between the two, I think the separates is going to be, even though it's the same component, I think Kyler's legs get it done a little more than Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson still has that quarterback, that pocket mentality. And that's what Kyler doesn't, he, he can't grasp because it's not in his realm. His realm is to scramble and get open. Well, I also think it also has to do with having the left tackle. It's very important in the NFL to have a left tackle if you're a quarterback, you know, which is the reason why if you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were getting destroyed at the beginning of the season um, until they got that, that left tackle situation. 
um, taken care of. And then you got to look at the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, people can say what they want to. Yeah, Tom is a GOAT, okay? But at the same time, I feel like if Patrick would have had, you know, his offensive line there, we might be talking about a different result in the Super Bowl. But uh, going back to Baker Mayfield, I believe I, – I agree with you, actually. I think that Baker Mayfield, um, he's a good quarterback, you know. Um, OU was my first school um, <laughs> that I went to. Sorry. So I wasn't a quarterback, though. So, <laughs> But um, um, I kind of agree with you. Like, it, it, it gets to a point, you know, you can name a few of them. Josh Heupel, uh, back in the days, you know, you can yeah. name a few um, that have – you know, gone to that level. The only person that's really working out, uh, like you said, I mean, well, it's two right now. Jalen, this will be his year to prove if he gets to start, right? Um, but I don't really call him an Oklahoma quarterback. I call him an Alabama quarterback. I think. Great point. Can I make <laughs> a point as well? And, and yeah, uh, real quick, but what we do know is that Alabama hasn't had, I don't think, any good quarterbacks come out of Alabama. <laughs> You read my mind. That's the point I was going to make. I put them kind of in the same boat because there's certain there's certain schools that I will never – like as a GM, I would never take a quarterback from. I'll never take a quarterback from USC. I'll never take a quarterback from Alabama. I'll no. never take a quarterback from Oklahoma. And, I mean, from there on, I mean – I don't know. The Oklahoma I take, thing – I even take one from Michigan. And Michigan is my team. Man, look, Michigan hasn't had – I, I can't even name the last good Michigan quarterback. Can you? Chad Henney? Chad Henney is a backup. <laughs> Yo, Chad Henney is a backup, but he Who? was a starter for the Dolphins and the Jets for a while. But not but he just did. He did. Why, did the, why, did, why did the Chiefs get into the Super Bowl? Because Chad Henney came in and threw a beautiful fourth down pass to secure the game. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I didn't say Chad Henning was garbage. I just, I was just like Chad Henning. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far. But no, I, I feel like Baker is good. I mean, and you know, Baker, Baker, the first couple of years, like if this gets on the internet, Baker's gonna be like, who, who the fuck are these guys, right? Like, right. who are these two dudes that are talking about me now, right? Um, but I feel like you know, he had, if not just as many. Um, more probably more weapon weapons than Tom Brady, and I believe that I, I I'll give him one more year in Kevin Kevin's offense to see like he went they went eleven and five so you now got to do you got to be twelve or four thirteen to three you know et cetera a little bit higher than what you are, and on top of that, you need to go to the AFC Championship. So you are absolutely right. I think it needs to be some type of growth. Anything that happens that's going to make him take a step back, then, then I think Cleveland is going to be looking for another quarterback. So if, if let's say he, does, he, he doesn't have the outstanding year, but let's say because Tampa Bay won one with Brad Johnson, Baltimore won one with Trent Dilfer, right? Now he's better than – They both had great defenses, though. Well, that that was my point. Right. Cleveland has a great defense right now. They have a top wait, five. Defense. Wait a minute. Good is different than great, bro. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Let's say you know Ray Lewis, Baltimore Ravens defense. Right. But it was the defense that they were able to catapult them as far as they did. No, I, no, you're right. I believe that the, it was resting on the defense, and it's funny because we're sitting here talking about the AFC North. Where you've had the Pittsburgh Steelers with a, an all like a history of great defense, Baltimore, right, right. right? They got Cleveland coming in with an up and coming one, and Miles Garrett, Ooh, beast, monster, monster, beast. And he's really he's really coming out to show for me that I'm like, hey, you know what? He was worth that pick, you know? No, no, he he was worth it, and and um, I think it was kind of crazy because you know I, I did actually want to become an NFL scout at one point. And so I had to go through this training and stuff like that. And I will say that the scouts made a mistake on him because a lot of them were saying, oh, don't pick him. Mm -hmm. Cleveland, this is what I'm trying to say. If Cleveland wasn't number one, I don't think he would have gone number one because there were so many people saying, oh, he's slow. He's not as fast. 
But I mean, he is destroying people right now. Like, and and he's only gonna get better because he's young. I think he's only like 22, 23. Yeah, he's maybe? Extremely young. You know yeah. who else in, in recent history that they've said was uh was slow, was uh you know, not fast off the line, etc., and ended up winning a defensive player of the year in two Super Bowls was Terrell Suggs. That man had a horrible T-Sizzle. Yep, that man had a horrible combine. But he was still his, a force at Arizona State, man. I knew who he was. His 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 attention to the game itself made up for speed. You don't necessarily have to have speed unless you're a IQ. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless you're a wide receiver, you don't have to have Matt, a wide receiver or a cornerback. Like Scotty Miller? Is that his name, Scotty Miller? Yes, yeah, so the safety can just sit in the back. Your corners yeah. are up front. The corner goes with the wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, in that, I guess both of those two uh, areas need speed. But if yeah. you're coming off the line, you're coming off the line speed off of that, that initial hike is completely different than a 40-yard dash. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, big ups to, to, to him. And those that have bad combines doesn't mean you're going to have a bad career. You just need to get put in the right spot. That with the talent that you have, that gets utilized the way it needs playing your role. Yeah. Okay. And then you know, so I, I guess the I guess the theory out on 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 uh, Baker is uh, we both feel like he is a good quarterback, but the quarterback of the future. I'm gonna say let's give it one more year. What do you think, Mike? I I say give it. Well, I think he earned another year after this year, so I say give him two. Give him, two, give him two more years. Yeah, give him this next year because next year is going to be like the hangover year. So I don't expect, mm. you know, they went AFC championship. And after that, I mean, yeah, you're hungry for the Super Bowl. But the Browns themselves as a team haven't <laughs> been there since the 80s. They have that stigma, right? The Ernest, right. What, what was Ernest, Ernest Biner, right? When he Ernest fumbled Biner, the ball on the goal line. Yeah. John Elway's drive. Yeah, that killed them. What was it, 84, 85, something like that? Like, that killed them. Yeah. yeah. So, they haven't been in this role. So, all right, maybe next year they may not go 11 and 5. Of course, I expect them to be second in the NFC or AFC North behind Baltimore, regardless. Unless I think they're going to be behind Pittsburgh, too, man. I feel like Pittsburgh, you you think Pittsburgh's going to be third, huh? I think Pittsburgh, they've got too much problems in their own little office here you know what i'm saying between i mean granted ben roethlisberger took a cut on his pay but they don't jay uh wasn't it john connor john connor's always hurt they don't have consistency in the backfield right. juju Smith is uh, he's a headache but not in a not in a negative way i think there's certain players like let's say odell beckham and then juju smith that kind of get put into a, a position where i'm like look your talents are not being utilized how they should right right so Pittsburgh, if they're going to do what they need to do, they're going to be homegrown. They're going to be home-fed, et cetera. They, they don't go out and look for those flashy free agents or anything like that. So they have a lot of work to do. But this is Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to be, what, 39? Yeah. I mean, well, we can't say age because, I mean, uh, Tom Brady is, is – I mean, he's killed. I mean, even Drew Brees. Drew Brees had a solid year. I outside, mean, he, outside of Juju Smith, tell me – what consistent wide receiver do these guys have over in Pittsburgh where Tom Brady has had weapons? Well, this is, I will say this because this is my, this is my uh, thing with them. Uh, they're they're kind of like, uh, I like the homegrown thing you were just talking about because Green Bay kind of did that. Everybody's been saying, Hey, you know, he needs to, they need to get him another star receiver, but now you have Alan Lazar, you have, uh, you have number 83, I can't even think of Scanlon. You have Scanlon now, right? You you have Adam still. Now the tight end has stepped up. And I believe that the Notre Dame pick, um, number 11, he was actually on my fantasy football team. I believe that he is up and coming. I do think they do need another receiver. You're right. I think they should bring back Antonio Brown. That's another. <laughs> I think they should bring. I think they should bring them back because they have a solid receiving core. They have a good tight end. They have a good tight end. They do have two solid receivers, but Juju is definitely not a number one receiver. I, I wouldn't say he's a number one receiver. I think that he is that great number two utility yeah. uh, receiver. 
but he's definitely not somebody that's going to scare you. Like, nobody's going to line up against Juju and say, okay, this dude is about to do to me what Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown would do. You know? And think about it. Antonio Brown had his number two, and that was Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. And then for a little while, it was Juju. It actually yeah. was Juju. Juju's biggest yeah. year was when Antonio Brown uh, had had his – I mean, it was his last season in Pittsburgh, but he also had an, another 1,000-yard receiving year, you know, so that gave – and that's what people – that's what I don't realize about sports teams, you guys. Like, it, it comes to the point where they will have a good year, not really realizing this because they had that force like Antonio Brown. And they was like, okay, we can just let him go because we got Juju. And now they're finding out Juju is not the guy that they thought he was going to be. Well, think about it. Their whole lineage, when you start from, I mean, at least for me, when in more recent times, you go from Heinz Ward, Emmanuel yeah. Sanders was number two, right? Right. Emmanuel Sanders was, was the number one. Antonio Brown was the number two. Antonio right. Brown passes Emmanuel Sanders, and Emmanuel Sanders ends up leaving because now they've got all this talent around them. Right. Antonio Brown is the number one. Then you got Juju Smith as the number two, and it proves your point in the sense that Juju Smith is a great second option because yeah. look what happened when he had that primary target on the opposite yeah. side. The yeah, he, yeah, he couldn't. I don't feel like – me personally, I don't feel like he could come through. Right. Um, I just feel like they got to get I, – I wouldn't even say – I mean, there are some good receivers in the draft. Um like uh, coming out of Alabama, coming out of LSU, um, even coming out of OU and UT. Like, I feel like there are some good receivers out there. So you could get a good receiver, but I think they're in a position right now where it's a win-now situation with Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think I think you're looking at Baltimore uh, at number one, Cleveland at number two in that division. Easy. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, okay. Pittsburgh's on the, in the high inside. So it'll be interesting to see what Cleveland does, though. I think, I think that's a great opening topic. Yeah, so number two, topic number two is it's been crazy what's been going on in the NBA with what's going on with the these officials now. And it happens every few years where – I don't know if they decide, okay, I'm going to be on TV or I'm going to disrupt this game. But here of late, just in this past week, we've had Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell both get rejected. So, brother, what do you think about the NBA officiating right now? <laughs> so, all right, two different things here. So the way I see it. So Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell getting snubbed is one thing. The officiating is a whole other because I've been talking about officiating for, what, 15 years almost? Living right. out here in Phoenix, we hate NBA officiating. <laughs> the San Antonio Spurs, and let's not forget two words, Tim Donahue. Yeah, I remember um, that. Now that that's been exposed, I can't help but feel like, you know, there's, there's, there's always something going on. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people mm-hmm. feel, oh, it was a COVID year, et cetera. Oh, the Dodgers win the 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 World Series, so the Lakers had to win the NBA championship. Oh, it's LeBron's team up with uh, Anthony Davis. You know, what I'm so it's like there's storylines all over the place right. that make you feel kind of like, could this be? And absolutely. And I mean, you and I both being in the forex world, if you follow the money, you you get the truth. Right. Absolutely. Yes, I like that. So for me, I'm like, you know what? Could it be a possibility? Yes. The officiating has always been horrible. Always. Do I feel they control the games? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, um, for example, Derek uh, Devin Booker did nothing in that particular game to get ejected. Like, you know, I I mean, emotions. Um, emotions are real big. The thing I hate as a fan, though, is that we will watch, you know, sports. And we're there to watch our team. And we're there to watch those stars. We're there to watch Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, you know, those type players. And then um, 
I mean, I know that right now it's a COVID situation and everybody is kind of, you're not letting people in, but there are some fans there, right? And you got to keep in mind, as a basketball fan, we went the whole year, right, to be able to go to a game, perhaps maybe watch. Then it came back in like July, end of July, whenever it was, and did their thing in the bubble, but we couldn't go to a game, right? So, you know, me being a hardcore Laker fan, yes, I'm a Laker fan, not a bootleg fan either, because um, that's a different topic, but. Um, it's probably uh, me since I'm a LeBron fan. <laughs> oh, you're the bandwagon. You're the bandwagon Laker fan, right? <laughs> well, you know what? You. No, it's kind of, you know what? These, this is what's happening, bro. The, the, the Tom Brady and LeBron James, right? Because they've switched teams. They have those those fans, right? That just follow them, right? So there was not necessarily a lot of Tampa Bay fans in the, for the Super Bowl, but there's a lot of Tom Brady fans. Oh, absolutely. And I'll be the first one to say, if take LeBron out of the equation, and I hate the Lakers. I'm a diehard Pistons fan. The oh, Lakers, I about to say. <laughs> the Lakers <laughs> owe us a championship. Let's put it that way. Bill Lambeer did not touch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on that sky. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. You brought this so up. Let's, let's leave that at that. But you know what, though? But no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. You forget something. They did get their championship back. They did get their championship back because there was no way in hell they should have beat the Lakers with Karl Malone, Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq. All right. Arguably, <laughs> on paper, you're correct because you take any of those pistons off in the 4 team, and that team is not going anywhere. But yeah. that's that's an interesting topic. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get back to yours, but it's an interesting thing because there's not many teams, and this is a conversation topic for later on, maybe that we could do an episode on, you know, teams with big threes or big twos or big fours. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the Detroit Pistons in 04 were one of the only teams, in fact, outside of Isaiah Thomas. The mm. other two were – Joe Dumars was a semi-star. Let's, let's right. not call him a star. He wasn't Isaiah Thomas, but the Pistons. Hey, they did. They had the microwave, though, bro. They had the microwave, Vinny. They had the microwave. And they also had, yeah, they also had Rick Mahorn. They also had Bill. Mm -hmm. They also had Adrian Dantley at one point. Like, I get it. I get it. But, but for me, arguably outside of even the 2011 Mavericks, those yeah. three Pistons teams were the only teams, teams, yeah. whole teams that won a championship. Right. No, and that's 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 actually a very interesting topic because we, we can definitely talk about that a little bit later. But um I, I just feel like with the um with the way officiating is going, you know, for the longest time, you know, the NBA was battling with the other sports. And I'm talking about with the NFL and with the MLB, right? Now you got a situation where you know, basketball is coming back and then, you know, your team, right? Let's, I feel bad for the Jazz fans because last night, right, you go into three overtimes with the Philadelphia 76ers. Joe Embiid is playing crazy out of his mind. And I think he dropped like 40 points. And then next thing you know, you know, you have, you essentially have two superstars. That would have been like, uh, let's go back in those days. That would have been like in the last few minutes, the very important minutes of a game, you know, uh, Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, you know, they're going back at each other and stuff. And the most, you know, then all of a sudden, because, you know, back then, you know, the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons were the better team. But there would have been a lot of flat going on if Isaiah Thomas would have been ejected out of the game, right? And that, not the year that Jordan did take over, but like 1990, right? When when they won, when the Pistons won, let's just say if Isaiah Tillman gets kicked out of that, of the, one of those, you know, those important games right before the end of the, right before the game, he gets kicked out. We might be talking about the bad boys only winning <laughs> one championship. Right? And we're also talking about when Draymond got suspended in 2016, right? Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me. You're taking two chips away from my list. 
A Pistons one and a LeBron one. Don't do that. But but then they call their they call them the Sacramento Queens, right? But at the same time, you brought up a very important figure in those playoff runs. If if he doesn't officiate that game seven the way he officiated that game seven, I don't think the Lakers get past the Kings. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting, and that's that that's that that era. So you're you're talking Lakers, Kings, and I'm talking Suns and and San, San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one that stands out as far as that series goes is when Steve Nash got thrown into the the scores table. Yes, right. Yes, and yes. Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion they crossed the illegal mm-hmm. line onto the court since they were on the bench. They get suspended, yeah. but Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili do not. They don't, which, which you're right, changes the face of that whole series. Like, you, like, you know, the way, the way Steve Nash was balling out and the way that that team was with the Matrix and stuff, there's no way. I mean, I know, look, Tim Duncan, I love the San Antonio Spurs. My great-grandmother, uh, rest her soul, she died. Um, you know, hardcore Spurs fan in San Antonio. Um, I I like them, but at the same time, it was not like I agree with you. If if they don't get ejected in that game, you know, you're looking at the you're not looking at a five five championship dynasty with uh, right. with Pop. You know, you you're looking at and who, who was it? Dan Tony. Dan Tony was the coach, and he would have gotten yeah. a championship. Yeah, he would have Well, they would have played the Pistons. You'd had a number one defense against the number one offense. Oh, which yeah. Would have been amazing. I would have loved to see that. But so the you, Pistons lost to the Spurs that year. Yeah, they did. Um, so, um, Tim, that guy, is he still in the NFL? I mean, Donahue? He's still in jail? No, 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 no. He's out, but he, yeah, he had, he, he did some time. I got a question for you, though, speaking of Spurs, real quick uh-huh. before I talk about Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Would you be mad if I put Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe Bryant on my all-time list? Ooh, man. Bro, that is disrespectful. <laughs> is it, though? Yeah. I mean, okay, as long as you're telling me LeBron James is right behind him. <laughs> no, LeBron, LeBron James is my number one. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. Switch topics real quick. (laughs) LeBron James, right? LeBron James, you know, we're calling him. Everybody's calling him. Now, look, I will say this. If you statistically speaking about this, LeBron James is the GOAT, okay? Mm -hmm. He will be. He's going to be more. But this this is the thing that gets me about stats, right? Kareem and Will. They virtually own almost every single record in the NBA, you know, uh, scoring titles, you know, like if you look it up, Kareem and Will, titles, everything. Yeah, they have they have a lot more stats, but nobody is ever calling them the goats, right? Um, it's the guard. It's the guard play, right? Um, I feel this is how I feel. OK. I love LeBron. I'm glad he's a Laker. My wife just looked at me because she know I don't love him that much. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm happy he's a Laker. He's on my team. But this is the deal with that situation. Um, I feel like there were ample chances of LeBron that he should have had. If he had the killer instinct like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, right, that, that extra hump. Kobe even had this, right? We're probably looking at eight championships instead of four. Nope. And I'll tell you why. Why? Tell me why, brother. Look at the first time he went to the finals. I didn't say that. I, I, didn't say, that. I didn't say the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not right. talking about them. Well, no. The only one that I hold on LeBron's shoulders is 2011 because he gave up. Oh yeah, against, against the Mavericks. Oh yeah, that's all your fault, bro. Yeah, but let's let's talk let, let, let's talk about what he had to go against the Golden State the first year, Golden State Warriors. No, no, no. Uh, you you skipped another year, bro. Well, he the when San they lost against San Antonio. What happened? What happened then? Well, that that chalk it up to a good series. You know what I mean? They had Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, 
And yeah, when he was coming in, wasn't that the cramp year that LeBron they they, they had the uh, the air problem in the uh, the Spurs arena? And they yeah, were yeah, all- it was hot. It was hot. My wife yeah. and I actually attended a game um, in the AT and T arena in San Antonio, bro. It was so hot. It was it was horrible. It felt like uh, it felt like where we we live in the climates we live in the summertime is it, like hot as hell. Like it was it was crazy. You. You were literally sweating in the game. It was sticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it probably humid like Florida in that one building. Right. right? It was actually. That's a great example. Yeah. So, I, I will say this: I give Kobe the mama mentality situation over everybody. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Like his his mental is above nobody, second to none. Right. Right. But LeBron has a killer instinct that's different than both Michael Jordan and, and uh, Kobe Bryant. Tell me about why this. Instinct. Why I want, why I put Kobe Bryant as number, like actually in my top 10, bro, he's number nine. You are, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm, well, curious to see, I'm, I'm curious to see. No, we're, cause we're on this topic now. We're not going away from this topic right now. I'm curious to see who is one through eight. Okay, so we've got LeBron. Okay. And the, the reason why I say this is one simple statement. Everybody regards LeBron as the best overall player that's ever played the game. I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. How can you be the best overall player? You've got better – you're better than anybody in all those areas combined. Mm-hmm. But you're not the number one player of all time. Why? Because of rings? Rings are a team thing. Well, rings are a team thing, but I will say this. Like, right what's going on right now with the Lakers, right? Anthony Davis is out. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you look at what's going on now, right? And, and everybody needs that extra person to win, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It just always seems as if LeBron always wants that extra player, you know? Um, before Michael Jordan got Scotty, right? Uh, you know, Scotty was homegrown. He wasn't a free agent, any of that stuff. Before Michael Jordan got that, he elevated the Pistons, I mean, the, the Bulls, to a certain level, right? Yeah. Now, we can both say uh, we can both say that LeBron did that as well, right? He elevated certain players. Like, I, the, the one that stands out the most to me is the first one, which is when he played against San Antonio, right? If he would have had a Kyrie Irving, Back then, you, you're probably talking about a different series, even though they lost 4-1, right? But you're probably oh, talking oh, about – It was done, 4-0. Oh, oh, oh see, I, I gave them a game. I didn't even know. Yeah, they, they got swept. So even though you gave them that – even though that happened, um, it seems like every – because right now, like, the, he was out against the, the Kings, right? But the uh, the game before that, right, when they lost that, that particular game, I think Braun – um, you know, he's older too. So I, I got to account for that as well. But I'm just saying in the times, in the peak times, like your question was, how can you be the best overall ever in the NBA and not be the greatest of all time? I mean, it's very simple, right? It's a lot of other intangibles that go into it. Um, when you're talking about, when you're talking about, as far as basketball go, right? Killer instinct, right? Now, there are times that Braun, Braun is to me like he's a great team player, but he's also a stat chaser. People don't realize that. LeBron will, hold on, you, 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 I'll let you get your go. LeBron will hold that ball, which is one of the reasons why Kyrie um, didn't want to play with him because I remember when the Nets, uh, I sent you a little, a little thing on the on you saw that when the Nets when the Nets were you know it was a little game NBA 2K somebody did a little little yeah. thing or video where Kyrie got the ball he drew like five ten seconds I mean like seven seconds of the shot clock then James Hart he passes to James Hart he dribbles for seven seconds of the shot clock then gives it to Kevin Durant he dribbles for seven seconds and then shoots the ball right yeah <laughs> so um. I think that the thing that separated the, that thing that made Kyrie leave was because 
if you go back and watch these games and you just watch LeBron, bro, I, I love that he directs traffic and stuff, but my wife will even say this because my wife will look at a basketball game. And one thing we love about Golden State and the San Antonio Spurs because they have that same type of offense, the ball is always moving. The ball is always moving. With LeBron, he's holding the ball for at least 14, 15 seconds inside the shot clock. So you're not necessarily like Jay Crowder. He's with the with the Suns now. I didn't even know he was that good of a shooter, you know, especially when he played with – sorry, when he played with Cleveland, you know, you didn't know that, right? So the reason why I say I can't really necessarily say – you know, he does get everybody involved, but I'm not even taking Michael as my number one. You know that, right? Well. You know my number one. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's your number nine, but but go on. Continue on your list, bro. <laughs> no, my, my, the, my reasoning for that whole thing is LeBron's got a whole different killer instinct. I mean, his is more of a chess game to me than what Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were when it was like, I'm just going to hit this dagger from 30 feet if I need to, or I'm going to hold it to the last second. I'm going to hit this fadeaway jumper on you, right? Mm-hmm. They'll take the ball into their hands. Now, LeBron will play chess where it's, hey, if I don't have this, I don't mind giving it up, but my move will free somebody up, right? And not just that, but when you talk about buzzer beater shots between the three, LeBron's got more that actually have been made. Well, yeah, I mean, he has the highest percentage of them as well. But he's got more opportunity, though, as well. I will give him that, right? Yeah, so there are times because there were games time. that were closer. <laughs> so to finish out my top ten, <laughs> this LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shot clock is done. It's tw- oh, it's one second. <laughs> so to finish out my 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 top ten, it's LeBron, okay, okay. Jordan, okay, um, Kareem. Okay. Magic. Okay. Tim Duncan. Ooh. Shaquille O'Neal. The disrespect. Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain. What? Yep. How's Will, Will Chamberlain in it? You weren't alive when he was playing. Hey, I wasn't alive when Bill Russell was there either, but he got oh, 11. Hey, we going by rings. Bill Russell is the GOAT, period. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Kobe. I even put Kobe ahead of Larry Bird, by the way. I mean, you should. Even though Larry I agree, Bird, agreed. Larry Bird agreed. transcendent. But see, you look, I can tell you my top ten as well. Are you ready for this? Well, l- let me tell you my top five reasoning first. Okay, okay go ahead. You can't have a top five to me that isn't okay. one of each of those play one of the, each of those positions. LeBron's the small forward, Mike's the shooting guard. Magic is the point. Tim Duncan's the the power forward, and Kareem's the center. That's my. Right. Five without that. That's your, that's your five. Those those are my top five. Yeah. Okay, you said which one? You said LeBron. LeBron, Mike, Kareem, Magic, Duncan. One for each position. So, so you're going with the new age, putting LeBron at the one. That's what you're doing. Uh, I'm going with LeBron because I got to watch Mike, Kobe, and LeBron at the same time. I grew up on all three of those guys. Well, I did too. So yeah, you, did, you did too. Yeah. So, okay. so look, number one, and I'll tell you why Kobe is number one. All right. Number one is Kobe. All right. No, my wife just laughed at me because she said that's not true because I, I have said it. Michael Jordan is number one. Number two is Kobe. Now, I will put the king. The king is three. Number four, on my number four, is Scottie Pippen. Sorry, he would, Michael wouldn't have won them championships without him. Agree. Number five, then I'm going to have to go with Magic. Number six, I'm going to have to go with Kareem. There, okay. Number seven, all right? You didn't even say this one. Nobody ever thinks about this one. But I'm putting Dr. J at number seven. Dr. I J. Put, I don't put Dr. J in my top, or Dr. J in top 15. Okay. Number number eight, you ready for number eight? Is Larry yeah. Bird. Yeah. Number nine is Shaquille O'Neal. And number 10, 
because I'm not putting, I'm sorry, Bill Russell doesn't even deserve to be in this category because he's just outside this world. Like, you don't need to put him in this category at all. But I can't believe you even disrespected my number 10 this much. And, and, and he's your guy, Isaiah Thomas. I, how can you not put Isaiah Thomas, one of the greatest point guards, the only rookie point guard ever to drop 25 points in one quarter, you didn't even put him, a record that still stands today, you didn't even put him as number one. What you know is what? up? I mean, you didn't even put him in your top ten. Nope, and I'll tell you why, because I even have Steph Curry ahead of him. No, no. Don't mm-hmm. don't do the stat thing. You're doing the stat thing, bro. You know no, no, no. I'm doing the other thing about what they bring to the floor, too. Look at where Golden State was before Steph Curry stepped back on the floor. No, but it's a different NBA. Look, it's, it's just like this. It's like Kobe said before he died. We cannot compare errors. We cannot compare. because That's the real statement. Yeah, yeah. We can't compare errors um, because if you put Isaiah Thomas doing his prime with Steph Curry in his prime, man, Isaiah Thomas will. I love you, Steph, but you, he will eat your lunch. I mean, if you put them one-on-one in a dribbling match, then the only person that can really go with them is probably Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, but Kyrie, look, bro, I can't even, Kyrie got mad ball skills, but I don't think he has the intellect. This is why I tell you Kobe Bryant is the smartest person in the game. First of all, he did detail, right? I think LeBron will do detail after he uh, get, get done, but there was things, if you read Mamba Mentality, bro, there was things in the game that Kobe did that LeBron doesn't even do right now. That he may have read Mamba Mentality and started doing. But it was just one little thing, right? Kobe talked about how he, he when he would play, he knew there were certain parts of the court where the referee couldn't see him do something. And he would do something and it'll have a turning point in the game, right? Right. That right there is like that. That's ridiculous, right there. That's like out of this world thinking. Um, the the reason why Kobe, I put Kobe over LeBron, though, uh, just to be honest, is because um, it always goes back to the the championship thing. Um, just to keep it real, I will say this though, uh, just so you feel better. And I, I said this to a friend of mine. I will put Braun. If Braun wins six, okay, I don't know if he'll get six with the Lakers. I think he's going to have to pair up with somebody else. Um, I don't know if he's going to get six with the Lakers because next year, Clay is possibly going to be back. The the Kings are ascending. The Suns are ascending. The Suns are good with Chris Paul. They're in a different – I honestly believe that they are one player away from doing something, Right. Maybe that team, who knows? But I believe that if Braun gets six, then I'll go with you with, with the GOAT. So Kobe couldn't even beat LeBron in the regular season against each other. Yes, you know what the could. record is against each other? Well, bro, when Kobe, when Kobe was going back on the back end of his career, that's what you're talking about with the Miami Heat. I don't count those. No, no, I'm talking about their whole time against each other. Well, I mean, it was East versus West. Right. So they only played twice a year until, you know, until, well, I mean, they didn't even play, but, but twice a year. They played 28 times against each other. Mm-hmm. And the record is 22 and six in favor yeah. of LeBron. Yeah, but when did, when did Kobe, but Kobe, before he got Powell, right? He didn't have this a better is, team than well, he didn't have a hold on. He didn't have a better team than LeBron did in those Laker years. What what are you talking about? LeBron got to the, the NBA championship in 2007. So the, 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 and that's what I was going to point out. Look at the team that LeBron had compared to Kobe. And LeBron won 62 games in the Eastern Conference, which had the Orlando which, Magic and the which Boston. Was not was not was not a good conference back then. You can't say it was. It oh, was in, the, in the in the mid 2000s, you had the Pistons, you had the Magic, you had the Celtics. You said the mid 2000s. 2007 is the three years before the end of the decade. E- either way, I'm talking LeBron's whole career. LeBron's whole career, 
Kobe and him played against each other 28 times. Mm-hmm. And in the first years while he was with Cleveland, he didn't have a team, which is why he up and left anyway. Mm-hmm. Because, like you're talking I mean, about – He still wouldn't have been a one-on-one. I don't care what you say. He wouldn't have been a one-on-one. <laughs> if, he, if, if, if Dan Gilbert knew how to draft, it would have been a whole different ballgame. Right, right. Somebody, Jerry Reinsdorf knew how to draft when it came to uh, Scottie Pippen. He knew what he was looking for, right? Yeah, but his drafting, you know, definitely took a turn in 1999. Oh, it definitely did. (laughs) Which is the reason why he got fired. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'll agree with you 100%. But he's the one that brought in Scottie Pippen. Cool. But either way, you got to have somebody up front like that. And there hasn't been – anybody up front in those offices that's why lebron was like hey forget this time like it didn't work trying to go home grown let me go to miami i'm just gonna put no, a team together. you know no you know what he said he said i can't get past the boston celtics with this long ass team so i'm gonna have to go <laughs> i'm gonna have to go pair up with my brother down in miami i'm gonna try to get my other brother from denver he didn't want to come because he wanted to take the money and no you know what we're gonna just go ahead and get chris bosh he's gonna come in he's gonna be our third will and we're going to win some championships. Not not seven, not six, not five, only two, LeBron, only two. You know what I'm saying? So speaking of LeBron, because uh, I know that you wanted to talk about this um, yeah. before we get off of this. So the thing about it is, and I'm going to actually, uh, I think it was Romano who, said, who, who he was going up against, right? But um, I think the, the quote, that LeBron said was like, when are people going to realize that I am more than an athlete? So, so um, the thing about about sports, should you do you? Th- LeBron is a big advocate. You know, I'm actually very happy. Me being a black man uh, in America, you know, I love what LeBron is doing, especially um, what's happening in the NBA right now. My my thing is, I know you wanted to like elaborate on a little bit more, so I'm gonna let you just do your thing. But my question for you though is, do you think that athletes should be involved in politics? And if that, and if you do think that, so it's kind of two questions. Uh, if you do think that, and what capacity should they be good at uh, involved inside of politics? So I do feel that they need to be involved in politics, and I'll tell you why. Um, in the sense of just the platform, how everybody talks about it, how he even says, it's like, I'm going to use my platform for what I can, right? Right, right. There's millions and millions of people that pay attention to that. If you don't, now I always say, go find, especially again, being a Forex trader, right. I say, go seek your knowledge. But if you don't have a starting point, then at that point, there's no journey to even take, right? So right. The, the, the thing is for me is LeBron makes his statements. Do you agree with them or do you disagree with them? Right. Like that's up to me to go and find out if I don't know, let me educate myself and go get these details so I can make my educated decision. Now I might not agree with him, but it forced me to get to learn that information. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very, very powerful because I will tell you right now, the way that our school systems are set up, our school systems, people might disagree with me on this, but I'm telling you right now, school systems are a business. Right. Not just universities, everything below it, too. The kids these days in elementary, junior high, and high school, what they're taught is they're taught a curriculum that has been created by a certain individual that Absolutely. will that, that allows them to only know so much, right? right? So you limit the capacity of what people can actually learn when you're going to school. You're in right. a textbook, reading three pages here, you're doing homework, right? No, right. let's teach something on economics, the way the world moves. Let's teach racism and how it actually needs to be changed, right? Let's Absolutely. make things exposed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yes, being an activist is very, very important. And I don't think that there should be, I mean, if, if let's call the, the First Amendment the freedom of speech, right? Now, I understand that there's things that we, that we can say anything we want with certain uh, repercussions, depending on what you say and who you say it to. I understand that. So we're not fully free to say what we want, but- if you right. interpret it that way, then why would we ever stop an athlete, one that holds a pedestal, regardless of who he is or whether you like him or not, right. to right. voice his opinion? He's an individual. Right. right? Absolutely. Right. We all want our opinions to be heard. And he has freedom of speech, which is protected in the uh, Constitution. 
Right. So why subject them to literally like to me, that's like a rat in a maze. Right. And that's not what people are. I mean, we are in this maze thing, but we're more intelligent than rats are. We should be able to voice our opinions and, you know, at least, like I said, get the conversation going. The unfortunate side is that the factor that changes everything is personal emotion. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, What's the name? Zlatov should have taken his personal emotion out of it and came with facts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron needs to stay out of this shit. Right. So for me, if you feel that, oh, you've already lost the argument to begin with. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I think, um, you know, LeBron is using his platform the right way. um, Just so people if people really want to know, I feel like this is the deal. And this is the thing that irks me about uh, just this whole thing man. like this whole social media thing is that is that people are getting information, right? You're getting information from a bunch of people that are sitting behind IPs, sitting behind stuff, and they're actually targeting people. And if you feel this way about the, let's just say if you feel this way about the left radicals, or you feel this way about the right radicals, right? What's gonna happen is, is they're going to steer the media or the social media aspect towards what you feel strongly okay. about, right? So when when you're getting certain, you're getting, if you're only seeing, like I'm gonna use the uh, BLM situation, right? If you're getting the whole the whole uh, Black Lives Matter, if that's what you're an advocate of, then you're going to see stuff that's gonna piss you off that what the Proud Boys are doing. You get what I'm saying? Then that's gonna just infuriate you more. And it's gonna right. piss you off more. And then the Proud Boys, you know, they're going to see what's going on with BLM. And they're going to be like, okay, in that Tifa, right? Whatever, you know, those situations, they're gonna see that right. and they're gonna steer it towards. And the thing that hurt me about his comment was when he said, oh, LeBron should stay out of it, right? To me, that was just privilege, right? That's just privilege right there when he said that because the thing about it is, is like, he's, it's the same thing that's been going on in my 43 years. You know, it's a black versus white situation, right? When when you say this, you're not even from this country, dude, and you, and you say he shouldn't be getting involved. You want to know the difference between Braun and him? The fact is we can get involved. Braun can get involved over there. Over there, if he gets involved in his home country, he'll probably get killed, right? Yeah. So in his mindset, he's saying, hey, Braun should stay out of uh, politics. But over here's a different story. You have an actor like Arnold Schwarzenegger that I saw in Conan O'Brien, okay? Commando, right? Next thing you know, he stopped doing movies. He's the governor of California. You get what I'm saying? You have President Reagan, who, in my opinion, you know, I was just 10, you know, whatever, while he was in office. But in my opinion, you know, I didn't know any better. Uh, you know, I, I think that he was probably one of the best presidents that I know of, right? So, you know, he was always, my point today was he was an actor before that. So we've always been in, I, look, I'll put you this way. You, you want to talk about LeBron being the go? I think if LeBron ran for president, he'll win. 110%. Awesome. I think, so when, for him to say something like, uh, Braun needs to stay out of, you know, politics, right? Um, I think he he's wrong because the thing I do wish, bro, like me being black, um, I wish that these athletes, instead of just saying that and talking for us, they would do more. Like, you know, um, because I'm not talking about myself. I wasn't one of those people that, you know, I got family members that are from the hood, but I wasn't raised in the hood. You know, my, my parents actually, uh, you know, me being a lot of different things and race as well. You know, my, my parents uh, got me, my dad actually was from the hood. So he wanted to get me out of that situation. He didn't want us to go back to that situation. Right. So I think that for me personally, 
I think that I wish that when they like I like what LeBron did with the school and stuff. But I, this is why I would hope take that information right, and the way we can do this is I, I wish the athletes and the rappers and stuff would like get somebody on a lower level, on a lower like education level inside these colleges and stuff, and tell them to start getting into politics. Like that should be the the movement, the move right there. Tell them like at a younger age because. Politics are ingrained um, in politicians from a, a younger age. Like, you know, if you have, like right now, right, te- Texas just opened everything up, Abbott on the 10th, right? If he has kids, you think his 10-year-old, his 10-year-old might be playing sports, but he might have in the back of his head, yo, man, I mean, let's, do, let's, let's use President Bush, the first Bush, right? Even though his son... George W., who was one of my favorite presidents, by the way. I don't care what anybody says, one of my favorite presidents. Um, he owned the Texas Rangers and then became president, right? Well, don't you, do you think that he told George W., hey, you're going to be an athlete or, hey, one day you're going to be in politics? Mm-hmm. He molded he t- him. He molded him. I think that's what needs to happen in our society as well. I feel like we need to be, black people need to be molded at a younger age. And that's why I feel like instead of them talking about politics, let's grasp, let's catch the younger generation and say, hey, I'm gonna take like my niece, for example, right? My niece knows about BLM. You know, our niece, Amanda and our niece knows about BLM and stuff like that. Well, let's take it a little step further. Let's instead of talking about the suppression of the oppression in schools, right? And she goes to a really good school. I don't think she, they talk about that. But how about we start molding these some of these kids and say, hey, instead of being a doctor or a firefighter, hey, I want to be a politician. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Oh, and then, I agree 150 percent. Yeah. And then the pipeline is kind of like the coaching pipeline. You know, they talk about. Uh, black coaches in the NFL, black coaches in the NBA, GMs in the NFL, GM. The pipeline has to start early because believe it or not, you know, that pipeline starts a lot younger. You get what I'm saying? Like it, it, it stopped. Now it's up to certain coaches like T- Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin to grab and, and pull some, some people up if they want it that way. Right. But at the same time, it has to be from the pipeline. It has to be from you got to grab it from the well and keep make sure and yeah, it has to be homegrown. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, but you pretty much did did that cover what you wanted to say? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, I think what you talked about here at the very end. I think we can allude to that maybe to the next episode because I think there's going to be a lot of. T- Oh, oh, yeah. I'll say that again, bro. It froze. You said it alluded to, yeah. Oh, I was saying like the topics that you alluded to are going to allude to different opportunities and ideas that you and I could come up with within the show. So like, Uh, I think that hopefully people that when they listen and are like, hey, these are two open-minded individuals, like, yeah, let's consider some of these things because the one thing, and I'll I'll leave my piece on this, is that nothing in this world is going to change unless we change it. Everybody's Absolutely. waiting for these guys up above to change it. Yeah. It's up to you and I. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it starts with the roots. And if you, it's just like when you cut down a tree, you can cut down a tree at the stump, right? But the tree has an opportunity to grow again. Yep. But if you cut it off at the roots, then it's gone. Yep. But how about this? Let's just say, for example, and I'll, and I'll leave it like this. This will be my last take on the take is how about we do this? We take a new root, take those old roots out, plant the new roots and watch a new beautiful tree grow up where we can talk about diversity, which is where we hope that this, this thing is going because, um, you know, in the past few years, I feel like we took 10 steps back 
versus taking, you know, there was progress. And then, you know, with Trump being in office, they, he, he said, you know, he started, I think he had a, a different, he said, make America great again, but I think to certain people in certain, uh, certain areas of the world, it meant something different, you yeah. know? So, but that's something that we'll touch on uh, next time. I want to say uh, thank you to my wonderful co-host. Um, we're going to be doing, uh, and just so people know, you know, because I know there's some people that don't want us to talk about politics um, and how it is, but we are going to talk about politics with sports and we're also Forex traders. So we're gonna, you're going to be hearing a little bit of everything on there, mainly sports casting. Go ahead, bro. I was saying, oh shit! People can get everything from us. <laughs> people gonna get a little bit of everything, and and, and uh, we're gonna try to keep it like we did at an hour. But uh, Michael and I, we've been friends now for about a year, so we can talk. We, we we started this podcast because we can be on the phone and we've talked for four hours straight one time. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's have a podcast. We're gonna call this the Take Out of the Tape. This first one, I want it to be a little bit more free so you guys can see our personalities, see how we're talking. Then, like Michael just said, let's just see how open-minded these guys are. And these might be a couple of guys that um, you guys can like and follow. And, and maybe um, we're going to have questions and stuff, too, that, that we can have them uh, pull up as well. So. Bring them on. I just thank you for allowing me to be on here, be, be the co-host of, of the show, you know, with you, bro. I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future that we got with this uh, this project we've got going on. Yes, sir. And with that, you guys, this was Take Out the Take. I'm uh, Duante Keller Woods, speaking for my man, Michael Friends, and we are out.